We'll use uh, a number of films and, and slides, which most of you have already seen. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Reason you should be excited about this is because we got Jeff R. Curie to sit down with us, talk a little bit about the comedy scene in Chicago. Next week, June 1st, uh, we're going to be attending the Small Business Expo representing The Plug. As it stands, we will be opening up some advertising partnerships. So that's right. If you have a business and, and or a tour coming up or something where you want to get the word out about what you're doing, uh, you can get in contact with us at chroniccesourcemedia at gmail.com. Otherwise, um, just hit us up on any one of the social media apps and we'll direct you in the right direct, uh Point you in the right direction. That being said, without further ado, let's give it over to Regina Simonson and Jeff R. Curie. Here we go. <laughs> no, this is good. I was excited to have a comedian on, on the podcast because I figure uh, they'll be really funny. <laughs> oh, you're a clown. You're a clown. No, no, no. No, but, no, but for real. Um, we went to the Laugh Factory the other night, and it was the first time I saw you as a comedian. Oh, when? Uh, day before yesterday, Tuesday. Oh, uh, Tuesday. Anyway, okay. sure. so it starts out, and... It was right after House of Blues. Yeah. Yeah. It was on heroin. <laughs> you throw it back. That's fish on drugs. No, thank you. Not thought we, we got into arguments about the dumbest shit. High school nicknames was one of them. Here's why, I'll tell you why. Because I get uh, two drink tickets at House of Blues and I just do all whiskey, baby. Uh, and so after House of Blues, I am not a good I'm not a good person, let alone comedian on stage. I, I mean it's still funny, but yeah. I become kind of a dick a little bit. Uh, it's all in playfulness though. It's you good, know, I'm it's five good. eighth. No one's if I was tall and like a built dude and I was yelling at people like that, that wouldn't be as funny. Like I was Joe Rogan up there being a dick. But, if, you know, just be like, you stupid idiot. I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch, but what got you into comedy? What where, what was your spark? I've always spark? loved stand-up. Yeah. And I was thinking about it recently, actually. I've probably given this answer a lot. This is the, you're going to get the, the freshest answer, freshest the updated version of this, which is that I think my, my parents liked watching stand-up, and that was like, oh, okay, that's how I get them to pay attention to me. <laughs> I love that. I just kind of went through my brain uh, recently about this. So I think it's, that is why I, I wanted to get into it later on but I was always following stand up first time I saw it live was when I was like holy shit what an amazing career these guys must have but it was uh, New York City uh, me and my sister used to play video games online she's yeah. a little bit older than me like five or six years older than me we used to play video games online and these guys that we played with a lot they had like a family in Oregon he had money and he's like I'm getting a hotel in Manhattan you guys can have your own room for a week well so we went out there and stayed on his dime for a week in Manhattan and we went to Laugh Factory when there was a Laugh Factory in New York. And I saw it. I was not allowed in, but I was getting drunk. I was like 18 or 19 and I was getting drunk. Uh, they're closed. It doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, yeah, then the comedian like made fun of us and it was just like I hadn't laughed that hard in my entire life. It was so much fun. And then later on the road, I uh, sold a cell phone to a comedian and I asked him how to get started. I want to get one. I don't have any. Anybody have one? You do? You guys do? What's yours? You have seven tattoos? What happened to your foot, by the way? You rolled it in the parking lot? I roll different shit in the parking lots. 
That sucks. I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. You'll probably be fine. I will. So what's your tattoos? What's your favorite one? Um, the one next to birthday. Oh shit. Okay. Right there. Alright. Just, just put their name and dates right there. Okay. That was the first time I saw live. Wow. Stand up. Oh, do you happen to remember who was performing? Or no, was it like, no, but it was the most racist yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It was the most racist mother... No, it was the most <laughs> racist <laughs> shit. And it was, but it was hilarious. Like, yeah. it was it was still funny. But it was like, you know... But it was all different races and, and, and genders going up. So it wasn't like a big deal. But it was still like a lot more... A lot less PC than it is now. Yeah. Like, it's insane. It's the PC now. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Right now, more than ever, stand-up comedy is being censored. Uh, and how do you indirectly. feel about that, though? It sucks. I mean, it, it does. It it sucks a little bit. I get it. You know, you don't want to do certain things. But the thing is, is that comedy was always that separate thing from what the world, rest of the world was going on. Like, it was that only real thing you the could see. The safe place. It was a safe place. Uh, well, that's the safe space is the opposite of that. No, it's that's the safe space say. where you could say that. Yeah. That's exactly. Like it was a like a no man's land. Like it was like um what's it called? Uh maritime Uncharted maritime law. Inter <laughs> international waters where gotcha. it was like not, nothing no laws applied there. Like you can say whatever you want. Um and people that's why a lot of clubs are underground because you want that effect of ooh, I'm going somewhere downstairs, you know. And uh now like it's it's just less. I mean, some people start what about this comic and this and this joke and that joke? I'm like those are really shitty racist jokes. So don't defend it with that. But I'm saying I'm saying like talk, being able to talk about things openly, yeah. like race and being like a, somebody that doesn't understand certain things. Or yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to explain because I'm trying to be PC right now. But was it huh. you? Sorry, but was it you who was ripping on terror the terrorist attack already? No. Uh, yeah. On oh yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I did not. No, I did not rip on the Do terrorist attack. Not Bringing it up, the oh, Ariana wow. Grande yeah, yeah, yeah. concert. Because okay, the so, dude was from Manchester. Yeah, yeah he's from Manchester. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what I said to him. But he was laughing and he, he, was, getting, he was having it. fun so with that, it. So that's, I wasn't that's being good. malicious. Like, that's comedy. Yeah. Like, that's where that funniness is. And like you have to have a little bit of a thick skin if you're, if you're going to open yourself up to comedy. Right? Of course. I feel like it's so weird. So I feel like if you're going to go in there and you're going to complain about the show... Um, then like you, like, you shouldn't you have gone for. into like, that. Like, don't go to the strip club and be like, they should be wearing more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Um, yeah, I've had I've had people complain to me about stuff before. The thing is, I'm not doing things for shock. I'm doing things just because I like writing stuff down and then saying it out loud. That's really it. So it's it's just I know I'll get re like fun. And it's funny. I don't know. Like I've had a guy come up to me and goes, uh, he goes, the show is so bad. Like it was a really good show. It was like a show for reading, like it was a, a raising money for literacy for children. Yeah. It was like a fun show. We were all clean. Yeah. And I and this guy comes up. You were. He was like, everyone was the show was bad after the first guy was drunk. He's like, I'm from LA, and he kept saying it. So I kept asking where he's from. Uh. <laughs> I kept being like, I am so sorry. I don't want to interrupt. But where are you from? And he's like, LA. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. And he's like, everyone was racist and homophobic. And I'm like, what was racist about my set? And he goes, okay, you talking about your getting your bike stolen? 
I'm like, what? And he's like, you talking about getting your bike stolen in Chicago. <laughs> and the cops didn't care. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, does that even happen here? And I'm like, what, what are you even talking about? Dude? <laughs> but I wanted to keep the dialogue open because he kept digging himself in the grave. So there's people around us. And I kept yeah. being like, please keep going. And where are you from again? One more time. It was fun. Yeah. But like at the oh, oh, I, I, sometimes I flip out I go a little it's extra. great though and to be honest it's one of your skill sets your ability to work with a crowd not that it's like a mainstay for you but it's not something that you fear engaging no, your audience and I can't anymore. staying on their toes it's, or staying on your toes right it, yeah I, not, not, I used to be a little more scared of it um, but I started when I started a house I'm seeing at Zany's which I do like okay. every other month this year about I've done it um, they ask you to do crowd work until it doesn't work as a host. Really? Yeah. And so you do 15 minutes up top at every club. Huh. And you're there for the whole week. And you're doing only crowd work. And you have to do it. Like you, if you do one minute of crowd work and bail, they're going to be like, that's a week. That's not what we asked for. Yeah. So there's times I do 10 minutes of crowd work, five minutes of jokes. Sometimes I do mostly crowd work. And I'm like, shit, I got to. So I didn't realize certain venues ask for it or require it. Yeah. Zany's is the only club I've ever heard of that. And there's every time I talk to a headliner yeah. or whatever, and I tell them that they're surprised. That's why I bring it up. I'm like, did you know this? Like I have a little pamphlet with the rules on them seeing there and stuff like, seriously, Hey, at least they typed it up. Made yeah. Booklets out of it. Right. No, so, it's, it's real. And you had to like go to a meeting and talk gosh. about potentially. Yeah. It was, a, it was a bigger deal, but they also pay really well, really well. Awesome. And it's a lot of work and I'm, I get to just be crowd work machine because it's like so fun and I don't like to do like when you go to comedy clubs a lot of people uh, who do go to comedy shows that aren't comedy savants or don't go that often if you go to a club a lot of the time you're going to get uh, so what do you do for a living sir and uh, how long have you two been married things like that uh, I get sick of that real fast so I'll jump into like what's your passion like what's what was your day like today yeah. you know things like that because it can get real grading when it's like I'm in finance I'm in finance I'm in you know oh, oh okay then you start doing the same jokes and I don't know putting people on the heels but so yeah. if right. someone didn't know what is crowd work uh, it's when you speak to the crowd uh, you improvise with the crowd kind of like you just have a conversation with either one person or as a group as a, as a tally or something so they call them up like stop texting is that crowd work? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, the, the stop texting. I wouldn't say is that's just more or less stopping somebody from texting. <laughs> like that's just exactly what that is. But crowd work would be something like, I have a joke where I say, ask people, I want to get a tattoo. I'm curious about which one to get. Let me. Who's got anyone over here have a tattoo? And I point to an area. That's containing the crowd work, by the way. That's like so. It's this way. I'm not anybody have a tattoo, and then everybody blah, blah, around, everyone either yeah. claps or everyone starts. Oh, you. Oh yeah. You, oh, you should use your. They start talking. Yeah. So I just throw anyone over here have a tattoo. And then I usually get one person, and then I'll ask them what it is. And nine times out of ten, I can make it somewhat funny. Like, oh, I've got rose petals on my ankle. I'm like, oh, wow. How, so how long have you been a girl in your early 20s? Like, you know, things like that. Or something like just, <laughs> if she's obviously a girl in her early 20s, I'll say something like that. Or, you know, I'll just make fun of it. And it's fun. And then I go into my tattoo. And usually yeah. I, I pull out anything that has to do with family, because then my joke applies to family. So a lot of it's a little bit planned, but I can still have fun with whatever they give me. Yeah. You know? Anybody have a high school nickname? Chance of, uh, clap if you did, I'm curious. Yeah? What was yours, miss? Mickey? What's your name? Michelle. Michelle? Okay. <laughs> no, it's, I, you know what, I asked for an honest thing, you gave it to me, it's just you're boring, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry, Michelle, you're the best. What was yours, dude? Whoa. Say that again? Your voice just startled me. Barry Black? 
Uh, and what would you say? You do like six, seven shows a week, eight shows a week? I would say minimum, yeah, I would say seven, eight a week would be minimum, which is great. And I was just talking to, oh, yeah, I've been doing this since I've been in Chicago, about five years. July will be five, wow, shit. July will be five years. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah, I will huge. be, uh, yeah, having grinded this that much since I moved here. I mean, since I got here, I never really stopped. Like, I never really, I, I've always had to have something to look forward to and having a show at the end of the night or a mic, even a gotcha. mic when I can... Go try out new stuff. I was talking to uh, this guy, McBrien Donahue. He's from New York. Okay. He was in town this week with uh, with my buddy, and he's he made a good point yesterday. We were talking. He's like, the only problem with doing this, which is what I'm doing, which is all shows. Yeah. Rarely mics, just because I don't have time to do that. Also, and a lot of the mics run concurrent with the the shows. So I go. Um, he's like, the only problem with doing that is that like once once you're are only doing paid shows. You're not really trying things out because you're at risk gotcha. for not getting booked again. If I bomb at the House of Blues once, that's fine. But then twice, then it's like, okay, we'll just we'll take it easy on booking him next month. That's the way it works, you know. So it, same thing if with Zanies, since they're so strict, don't they have more leeway? I mean, so yeah, I mean, they always like they like to hear some new jokes out of you. Yeah, but it's like sometimes it's like when you only get 15 minutes and you spent seven minutes on crowd work and you have seven minutes to do bits. And the first two jokes maybe didn't hit, and you had this new one planned right in the middle. Yeah. It, you end up. I end up bailing on new jokes all the time because I just like I don't want to. I don't want to risk losing them. Gotcha. You know? So then it's a, it's a healthy practice to keep a bunch or a good mix of shows that you like to do, um, your set material and shows mm-hmm. that you can work. I love when out. I can mess around on a show. That's why I ask people like I don't need a headline show. I could I could just do ten minutes in the middle of a show, just so I have no obligation. As soon as I'm done, if I was bad, I can just walk out. Yeah. I'm done. I don't have to see to the end of the show. So how do you... Good, good point. You can just leave. Yeah, if it did horribly. Yeah. You know? But you headline, it's like everyone gets up with you. Like everyone's yeah. done with you. Ugh. And if you do bad, it sucks. <laughs> oh, doing bad sucks. It's the worst thing. But that's what keeps you going. Yeah. Is how great it can be and how bad it can be. It's like a... It's, it becomes less of a coin toss. What's a comparative analogy for that? Like some... For that same feeling? Uh, I don't know, picture a substitute teacher going into class and you get like an amazing class and you like kill it that day and yeah. then some days you walk in and they're all son of a bitch bastards. Yeah. You know? Just dicking around. Assholes. And yeah. they're like, yeah, the one kid's throwing shit at you or whatever. That's the difference. It's sometimes relying on the crowd but I never, I, I, I would never, I wouldn't say never but I rarely blame the crowd for a bad set of mine. Cool. Especially if That's I see good. anybody else yeah. go up and do well then I go, it's me. Do you fuck? Do you see other comics who do that? Who are like, dude, this this sucks. Mm-hmm. These guys are in it and not taking ownership of it. Absolutely, it <laughs> happens so much. Yeah, I would say half the time comics say that, and the half the time they don't. A lot of good comics will be pissed off at themselves, which is what we do. A yeah, lot of yeah. a lot of our lives is hating ourselves. <laughs> uh, but we'd be pissed. I like being angry at myself more than being angry at the audience because then I don't deserve to feel good about the set. If you automatically blame another thing. Every time, yeah, you'll never get better. You gotta be like, "Yo, I sucked that time. Why? Because I opened up a little too confident. Yeah, or I did this and I did that. I, I didn't do an opener. I did a weird new joke in the beginning, or I didn't get them because an audience decides if they like you within like 15 seconds to 30 seconds. They see you coming up and they're judging you. Then they judge your first five words hmm. and how you speak and everything, and they can decide really quickly Who's if a, you're somebody they want to watch or not. Who would you say is a master of those first five words that you know? Oh God! I mean, the big ones. Look at Bill Burr, Louis yeah. C.K. Watch their first words coming out of their uh, mouth. They're yeah. always funny, and it's always a throwaway line in the beginning, just to get like it breaks that like 
Ah, okay, there he is, you know. What do you think about merchandising? Is it too sticky? Is it, or is it, can it come off supportive? I like merchandise if it's, um, if you're making money off of it consistently. If you can make any money off of merchandise, good for you. But if you, I don't know, I just, I haven't done it yet because I do, I, it makes me feel a little sticky. It makes me feel a little gross. Uh, I don't know. It's Dude, weird, man. Who doesn't want a shirt? <laughs> I, you, you'd be, I mean, so people make so much money selling merch on the road. It's insane. And I could do it. I've had ideas for different things I could sell because I don't know if I want to do tea. It just feels a little, I don't know if my product is ready for shipping, but as is. Uh, so it's weird that my product has fan, Fair. you know what I mean? Fanfare. Like, it's like, oh, I drew a fan, I drew a brand new cartoon. I'm going to, pitch to Netflix and I also have all the merchandise made for it too like no calm down maybe wait till your show gets picked up make sure till you, you're uh, somebody legitimized in some yeah, way or form exactly validated in some mm-hmm. sense that you yeah are well, about, a comic what about the people who might have 10 bucks and want to support you but can't come to the show exactly. and they like almost might think that you're legitimate already yeah. you know like mm-hmm. Obviously, because you're the one in your life, you're the one in like living your day to day, and you know you're not like jet setting Cali to NYC yeah. every weekend, you know, to like do your big stand up shows. But like, some people might see you, like, whether it be from your high school or like your hometown, like your family, like that core network. I want to buy it, yeah, yeah, of course, you and know, help you. and they already think of you as like a successful stand up, you know. Sure, that's that's valid reason. That's probably why a lot of people do do it. I just saying my reason is is like for, I just don't think that way. Like I feel like someone else I'm just needs not to ready put for it the, like you on their shirt and sell it themselves because they see you. No, I'm never gonna be that. And no one's never have like a Jeff R. Curie fans Instagram or anything like that. Like there's that's never gonna exist. But just wait. If I do, if I do come up with any merchandise, I think it's it's gonna be some kind of content, like an album. I have an EP. I have cool. like a few different recordings. Cool. Um, and I like them, but like I don't know, it does make me feel a little bit gross. Like hey, check me out. Like handing a card to somebody. Well, dude, that feels weird. That's. So much of what self-promotion is, it's yeah. check me out, check me out, check me out, check me out, check me out. You know, you see like music producers go through it. Like everybody who is promoting, like trying to get the word out about like what it is that they do, like their talent to showcase it. Mm-hmm. They got to do that to some extent until people start like recognizing and then like promoting it for you. Like that plays so much into like what this podcast is about mm-hmm. is like we, 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 are the ones who are like, no, but you are a successful yeah. stand-up, you know? You like, can do it. You're it. it. You are <laughs> you're it. You're on it because you're already doing is, it. Uh, to, to, it's everyone's opinion what success is. Well, what like, is I don't think I'm a success yet at all. Well, I yeah. Think I need to get a few more things in my career. In like what? Career. What? And then you'd be like, check, check, check. All right. Yeah, what are those success. boxes? Uh, a late night set. What okay. does that mean? Uh, that would be like going on Conan, Letterman, or not Letterman, honestly, like Tonight Show, Conan, uh... Like Any daily of those, show? No, yeah, no, no, no. Going up and doing a five-minute set. Okay. You see, like somebody do a stand-up on a late-night show, like Conan. Yeah. that's what that is. That's doing late-night for yeah. for stand-up. So oh, cool. Doing something like that, which is you know writing clean material, writing good jokes, and that. So I want that, and then I want um, I need to get some content, but I want to start writing for something. I doing acting, like I've been dabbling in it, like with auditions, auditions and stuff. I don't like it. Like it's just I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm just not good at it right now, I guess, is, is really what it is. And that's why maybe I don't like it because, but it is, 
It just feels weird. Not just pretending. It's you know? <laughs> yeah, it's difficult for sure. I've, I've yeah. got, we've got a few friends who who do that, and it's just watching them start out. It's hard it's because crazy. you it never know which audition to go on. You never know which opportunity is legitimate or just a student. Oh, film. I have an agency that does sure. that sends okay, me only on the ones betting. that will be paid and that real casting places. So I do like the real. I, I don't. I don't. If, if the ones are like, hey, for the click hole or come over here, <laughs> but I'm like, ah, uh, uh-uh, I'm just not gonna do it because I can't. It's probably be good practice or whatever, but it's also not my jam. Like if I ever, if I started acting the same way I started stand up, I would never have kept doing acting. Stand up, it was from day one. The addiction hit me, and it hasn't gone away since. I've had, still had the same high, you know. Yeah. The the nerves are going away, but that's only because I'm becoming a little complacent here in Chicago. <laughs> uh, well, you're touring more, and uh, I see you like in different cities. How yeah, tour, gonna... touring is a strong word. I would say I go to a place for a week, and then I come back. <laughs> 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 that's usually what happens. I don't want to build it up. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I was in Michigan last week, and then a, a few weeks before that, I was uh, shoot. Where was I? That was a few. Different, I, I I do like once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll go out of town for a little while to do a club. Or a person we had worked with before was Zach Martina, who's currently oh, yeah. in town this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's a good friend yeah. of mine. Actually, he started a little bit. At, he started right before I left Michigan to come to Chicago. So Tell we, us a little a bit about that. What what was it like growing up in Michigan? Where is I that... didn't grow up in Michigan. I okay. actually grew up in Long Island, New York. And then I knew I... it when he said audience. Oh yeah, it comes. <laughs> out, it's weird. It like falls out of my mouth sometimes. <laughs> audience. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Long Island until I was about sixteen, and then fifteen, and then we moved to Michigan, and then I started staying up there, and then I moved to Chicago. All my family lives in Michigan now. Gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you get back out east ever? Yeah, I was in New York at the end of March. Sweet. Uh, for for ten days, which was cool, I got to see. I did shows there the whole week, which was fantastic. Which really kind of solidified my decision that I need to be there. Like I want to be for in New York. Real? Yeah, yeah, That's for awesome. sure. Because it was like I did. Uh, I did uh, well. I had such a good time, and I did well. And I would say I did just as well as anybody else on the show. You know what I mean? Like I didn't probably stand out, but I definitely was confident with how I did. And I got shows from doing shows, which was cool. So people were like, oh, that was good. Do my show tomorrow. I'm like, hell yeah. Okay, cool. So it was like, and everyone was really nice. It was not that far from what people, uh, from what Chicago is. People kind of build up New York as this like yeah. hell kitchen. Yeah. Like, oh man, everyone's mean. Yeah, just don't look at them. Yeah. <laughs> just don't look at them and say anything. Just keep walking, follow your own path. You know? Well, that's awesome. I think that plays into um, like that success thing where to accomplish some of those goals that you set for yourself where you might consider yourself like in the realm of successes, like those late night sets and like sure. playing into that stuff and all that. Doesn't that take place out there in New York? Yeah, a lot, a lot more it. opportunities happen out there, which is why yeah. I come to, came to Chicago first was because the, the, uh, the workout, the gym, you know, going to the mics and the shows was all here. It's the same. If not, there's more here because there's less comics. There's mm-hmm. more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to work out here with no eyes on mm-hmm. me. And then when I can go to New York, when I want to be seen, just kill it every time and not mess up. Because you can be, who was it? Uh, I forget who said it. I think it's Chris Rock, and I might be wrong. But it said, uh, you, can, you can never be seen too late, but you can, you can be seen too early, but you can never be seen too late. So like, if you just wait and work on yourself, and if you look at this as a true marathon, which is what stand-up is. No good stand-up's going to tell you that 
Oh yeah, you'll be successful in less than ten years. No, it's like it takes your life. You have to dedicate a lot to it. So, if you're willing to do that marathon, then just work on it until you want to be seen. Because I've been seen too early a couple times, and I think it's messed me up. You know, really? guys, like I remember you, and I remember like bombing. I remember I bombed in front of him like two years prior, and I'm like he hasn't seen me since. Oh. Yeah. But I mean, I've had to. I've had to scout for comedy of Chicago before, and even seeing someone bomb, that's a good thing. You know, you, you have to see a comic bomb just so that you can see how well they're going to do. Worst case scenario for your show. Of course. Every comic bombs. Yeah. Not, there's, never, there's never a single yeah. comic that's always killed. Yeah. Everyone consistently bombs. And you still have to. Comics, Chappelle talked about bombing in his new special. Talking about bombing in front of 5,000 people or whatever. That's hilarious because it still it still happens. Every, behind every good show, there's another battle waiting yeah. around the corner. Get paid for the attempt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we definitely watched that. Yeah, it was awesome. I started saying some words that I never say really? after I watched that, and I was like, "Wow, no more Dave Chappelle for me because it's not acceptable." That's okay, man. I fuck feet. That was such a funny line. I'm just so confident. I fuck feet. Oh man. Uh, well, what's a, what's, as you're a busy person, what's a tool that helps you manage your calendar? Uh, uh, everything in my life only works out if I do it right away. If I ever think, if I think to myself, I'll do this later, I'll put this in my calendar later, I'll miss that show. I'll, I just, my brain turns it off and I never do that thing again. So if, when it comes to booking, if I need to book out stuff and people ask me if I'm available and stuff, I'm like, yes, and then I put it in right away. But then I don't have to email it out as much as I just kind of stay up to date now because when I I mean I've been here for five years so it's it went from me sending emails out hey please I'd love to do these dates I'm still available I'm still available I'm still available to now being like well them being like when are you available here are these dates okay cool I'll put you on this one this one it's more or less like a relationship now than it was before where it was like please put me on your stage you know gotcha well shit have you have you had to run a show yet or um, have you hosted your own show at a venue for um, yeah for yourself have mm -hmm. you had to run okay what yeah was I ran uh, this week's show it was at uh, Barcelona in Wrigleyville ran it for about two years uh, me and my friends it was me Jeff Sheen Nate Burroughs Joe McMahon uh, Aaron Sutherland the early guys were like Greg Gettle Keegan Buckingham but then they left and then, uh, yeah, just cycled a few guys. But me, Jeff Sheen, Nate Burroughs, and Joe McMahon were the guys that were always in it. And uh, did that for two years. That was great, man. That was like a little basement show. About the size of House of Blues. You know I designed how that room looks now? House of Blues? Really? Yeah, yeah. When we went in there to go talk about doing the show there, I was like, you need to... They had the stage where the DJ is. Oh. So it was like, you couldn't... Well, nobody... thanks. Thanks for the... Yeah, the, but the it was help. more or less... That's exactly how my showroom looked. You make it a wide room, not a long room, yeah. you know? And so I did that for two years. I run a show at Laugh Factory every Wednesday. Okay. I host that or I, or I do a set on it every Wednesday. And then, what else have I done? I host the, the Zanies, but my own thing, I've done, yeah, just that this week's show. So what were, what were the feelings when you saw one of your shows end? Like you saw it start and then come to a completion point? Well, it's weird because it just started to bleed before it started before it died, you know, where it starts getting less and less and you start thinking like, no, no, let's see, we can get it better again, we can get it better again and then people just started caring a little bit less and then a couple dudes left the group and it was like, like that moved to another place and we're like, all right, you know what, I, I ended up calling it uh, with my friend Nate and we're like, we're done and then they tried bringing it back at a different venue but it didn't, 
didn't do well because it was in the too rich of an area and it was like a slimy show, you know? Oh. That's funny. I know what you're getting at with this question. He wants to reference like last night um, in the closing show, but that brings up something that we talk about a lot, how like the best chefs like only give you like 85% of your meal. So like leave you hungry for it. And so like maybe that's like something important to remember when like, like, it, whether it be a set, um, how many comics go on each each night, or like um, like how long to run a show is like always give them a little bit less, and that keeps like that engagement level so high. And oh like, yeah, that's we always yeah. plan for a buck fifteen. Every show is an hour fifteen. A lot of shows are an hour and a half, and it gets too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like as someone who I'll just go with him like yeah. occasionally, but like the good stuff, like you're like oh my god that set's over like that went so fast. You know what I mean? It was um, so great. Versus too. like it just being like if it, oh, any show is like an hour and a half to hour forty five, I'm like, all right, this better be better than a good movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> what this is right now. I could watch a dope movie I haven't seen before. Yeah, but I love I, mean, I love stand up. I'd rather watch stand up than a movie. For sure. <laughs> when listing off all those names of like people who you worked with, um, that just like you guys have a whole scene like the comedy scene, and so like Scott getting like to know you guys and like I have like my own scene and like sure. stuff that I'm interested in and like music and like live music and um I feel like we're building the mega scene right now oh yeah because like I'm like seeing like through like Scott and like him doing media for you guys and like I'm growing an interest in that being like wow like I bet I know what they could do in their free time and yeah. like I have this whole audience people who might not have like Going out to comedy shows or like, I don't well, know. what they they go out though they go out to live like music party shows. rager like, shows yeah, yeah. It's, it's still it's, I think it's just a lot of not knowing where to go and what the best things to do because there's I, I don't see music as often as often as I'd like to because I just don't know where to go. so I have friends certain friends that I'm like yo let me know because I like you know, like funk I like jazz I like this and like that uh, you know like yeah I think it's safe to say that might be the platform that we're trying to create here yeah, is like uh, with each episode is comedy. Comedy, music, music, live. <laughs> well, it's a lot funny. of good shows. Uh, yeah. Rock is such good yeah. writing. Yeah. Ensemble Cavs. What, uh, what else? What else is uh, what's something that uh, people might not know about you that are in the comedy scene, but hmm. like, what's an interest outside of this sub-community that you're interested in? I'm a pedophile. That's a lot, oh. a lot of people don't know that about me. <laughs> Is that, uh, yeah, when it comes to little kids. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. I just, like, it's okay. I just I messed couldn't... up, too. Don't worry. We're bo- we can just cut this whole... We'll be- See, it's easy when all the mistakes happen, like, right well, I said by that on each purpose. other. <laughs> yeah? I didn't out myself by accident. Really? Okay. <laughs> no way. Uh-uh, I'll never admit to being a pedophile. Oh, my God. I'm a, I'm a closet pedophile. Um, no, okay, so fine. Yeah, you can kind. Yeah, sometimes I go too far. It's uh, okay. I this is interesting actually. Some people don't know about this. I used to deliver pizzas. Nice. And uh, we delivered the same to the same guy every twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Stephen Grant. It was in Washington Township, Michigan. And we used to deliver to him a twelve inch pepperoni pizza with half black olives and a side order of bread. And he had a wife, two kids, his mom was there a lot and one day his wife goes missing. I deliver to him every time. One day his wife goes missing, and uh, it's all over the news, CNN and shit. Like you know, white girl missing. That's what the title was. <laughs> uh, and everyone was freaking out. 
and there was like a search party and she was gone for like missing for like 10 days and then I delivered a pizza to him and it was the first time he ordered it without black olives on the half of it and it was the first time he'd ordered it since his wife went missing so we like called we called the police and we're like we're thinking we have a clue you know it's <laughs> <laughs> not it's not a little black olives and we're like okay it's not a clue at all so they just uh <laughs> so my manager was like dude you know what i think he murdered his wife i'm like i don't think so man the guy's a nice guy he's like i'm going with you when we deliver the pizza i'm like all right deliver the pizza we go through the garage i put the pizza and the bread like on top of his freezer open the door his kids answer and his mom's on the phone there's like a um it's like a big deal they're all over the news it's really weird and then um i deliver to him and everything's fine then the next morning they found his wife's body parts chopped up in the freezer i put the pizza on top I'm wow <laughs> uh, i can tell you a story about how kanye west met me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a big day for him. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I met a murderer. Yeah, that's that is intense. pretty crazy, though. That's intense. It's real. If you look Chris him up, Cross too. Just... His, his name's. I want to pull up a picture of him actually, really quick, because you got to see this guy's eyes, man. You're gonna be like, of course he did it, but no, you can't say that now. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's the whole thing was weird. Then I remember people used to come into this pizza shop, and like it was right around the corner from us. So people used to come in and be like, oh my God. And like, I can, this one lady was like, I can, I can see killing you, killing your husband, but chopping him up. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where. That's the line. The line. Oops, my Bumble match is about to expire. Oh, shoot. Um, no, I said Bumble match. Oh. My Bumble for. Not his like me- parking meter. Gotcha. Yeah, my See, meters. You can tell that that's a good <laughs> thing. I should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dating app, Scott. Yeah, gotcha. it's oh. for where girls choose first. Sadie Hawkins of it's like a Tinder Sadie Hawkins. There you go. And they, the, but I know the algorithm too. I figured it out. They put they put prettier people, prettier people on Bumble. The first people you see are always people that you'll like, you'll never match with, but they're the most matched with people, so they get put up front. So this way it looks like, oh wow, look at all the hot people on this app. As opposed to Tinder that does a location base, I think. Never been on a date on, from the internet, though. Really? Not once. What about, uh, that's the internet. I have okay. murdered seven women. <laughs> <laughs> I've on Tinder. Murdered seven women and yep. you're a pedophile. Yep. We got it. Uh-huh. I've got a real specific taste. <laughs> and if you didn't edit out that pedophile thing from earlier, that just sounded weird. <laughs> or if you did edit it out. <laughs> That's just gonna sound like you just called me a pedophile for no reason. So now you gotta keep it in. Uh oh. <laughs> what do you think about political comedy? It's fine. I don't mind it. You know, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like everyone could have a good political joke. I don't really find any fun in writing political jokes. So, like our Trump jokes played out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what more can be said? I don't, but the thing is, is if you do a new Trump joke, which are possible because he's kind of creating content for comedians <laughs> every day, you can, con- you could be a, there's a new show coming out on Comedy Central called The President. Oh my God. And it's a guy playing Donald Trump and it's all just him talking and it's like, it's going to be like making fun of our leader. It's so funny. I love it. Um, but yet there's so much material you can do about Trump. I don't know. I have like one punchline that is, that reveals that it has to do with Trump, but it's not like my joke isn't about Trump. 
do a lot of comedians use cannabis? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. That's... Yeah, a lot of com- a lot of comics. I would dare to say 80 to 90% of comics will smoke pot. Nice odds. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not bad. I mean, there's comics that don't because they're like, oh, I get, things out, or get paranoid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. I mean, I don't push it on them, but it's also the most like innocent thing to do. Over drinking, especially. People would be like, oh, I don't smoke pot. Anyways, they're four like shots drinking, of tequila. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> you kind of become a weirdo when you drink, but <laughs> when I get high, I end up just going home. Right, yeah. You know, like if I'm out, if I get high, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm feeling real chill, you know, but... Teach their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But weed in comedy is very prevalent. Sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I feel like I have to sneeze. Go for it. Well, wait. I sneeze a bunch outside of the way in here because of the sun. Did you know that this uh, the sun makes you sneeze? And you know, guess what? Do you know what the science community said about that? They don't know. Uh oh. That's hilarious. <laughs> they just don't know. Like, that was. I don't know. Somebody, like, brought it up to science and they're like, do you really care? Like, do you really want us to do this? <laughs> oh, it's because of this. Oh, okay, thank you. That was $4 billion worth of research. It's the thing. This. No, I've definitely heard of that before. Like, some people, like, when they. That first, like, direct, like, hit of sunlight after they, like, leave a place, yep. it just, like, just makes you sneeze right away. Yeah, if you. That's why if I've ever feeling I have to sneeze, I look up at light. And I feel like I sneeze a lot easier. I mean, I think the answer is pretty obvious. It just like triggers the mechanism that <laughs> causes the yeah? sneeze. Is that you submit that to like a medical journal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the solution's here. It's it uh, it triggers a mechanism <laughs> in your nose hairs that causes a sneeze. Yeah. And I call it the tickly wickly. <laughs> <laughs> submit. Uh, yeah, so that they just don't know so, why that, that I mean, happens. I think that's just really funny. Easier answer. It's yeah. always an answer. So, uh, for the comics that are listening, um, what are the what are Jeff R. Curry's don'ts for comedy? Ooh. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Some don'ts, like as a comedian. Yeah. Uh, okay, this one might be weird if it's non, if, if, for non-video, but uh, body language is key. I'm a huge fan of body language. Uh, for example, if a comic, if you say, like, I'm holding the microphone like this, and you see a comic put their hand under their arm, or if you see them touch their chest or their stomach, that's their natural body, like their natural instinct to protect their vital organs because they feel scared, they're threatened. <laughs> so if you see a comic and they're getting a little nervous, they'll usually do this, which feels way more comfortable in front of people than exposing yourself. You know, your, your belly. Yeah. Uh, touching your face, that's when a comic is lying. I've seen that a lot. When a comic embellishes, they'll also, like, do one of these. They'll, like, touch their nose. Like, I told her, like, get out of my way, bitch. I'm like, no, you didn't say that at all. You probably said, move, miss. Uh, yeah, holding onto the mic stand is a literal crutch that everyone can see. It's very distracting. The first thing any comic learns is to move the mic stand out of the way and behind you. Uh, but still comics mess that up they'll put it like just over to the left and in front of them or to the side of them and then they'll hit it during their set set up hmm let me give you an example let me give you an example of uh did you know masturbating is uh people look down on it which is like who's gonna tell me that the guy at Starbucks like when you reveal that you're jerking off in a Starbucks or when you reveal that what you were doing was in a public place you know like that type of thing you'll see that all the time you'll see like oh yeah this guy got pissed at me because I was taking a leak at McDonald's or I don't know, yeah. really good, these are bad examples but like when people reveal that they're in a location doing something they shouldn't do in front of other people like oh, at a library then it's just that happens a lot I see a lot of people that's like shows. a literal punchline it's yeah. like 
yeah. location is different than you thought. A lot of misdirected. A lot of misdirection. Would I, you say that's a cheap laugh? Is that what you're or No, I would just say that that's just a... It's a trained laugh. Oh, okay. Kind of like when people... Yeah, you can train an audience how to laugh at certain things, but when it's the, the rhythm and the... Of another joke that's already been written, probably better, then that's definitely like a trained laugh. People know, have heard that type of joke before, so they're responding to it out of memory like yeah. oh yeah i've heard that type. like you don't realize it as somebody but you've seen that on like friends or you've seen it on any For shows sure. like that yeah it's a very comedy a common comedy show yeah. Yeah. Uh, i would find out if i knew anybody that lived in that scene i know a lot of comics from a lot of places so i'd be like oh that guy's been there who do i contact this person this person then i would find them on facebook email them or do whatever with maybe credits listed a clip Gotcha. I don't like to include a clip unless I have to. But then I just say, this person sent me over. It's a lot of, it is a lot of who you know, because, well, I, I mean, that's why I help out as many people as I can. With any shows that I have, I'm always like, yes, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Because, not just because it comes back, but it also is nice to help some help people that, because I remember I was helped when I was early, early on, and I'll, I'm indebted to those people. That's a good transition. Who, who were some of those people that helped you early in your career? Oh, man. Um... So I moved here two weeks before me and my, my buddy moved here and we lived together. But before that, I remember I went to an open mic like my second day in Chicago. And there's this guy, he's in New York now, his name's Jeff Steinbrenner. And he, uh, I did an open mic that he was hosting and he complimented me after my set, like in front of everyone, which made me feel cool. And then he like drove me to another mic in his car and I was like, hey, put him up and like got me bumped on the list. And it was like... Holy crap. Like, it was just, like, really nice for somebody to just be blindly nice to somebody. So then, yeah, and I've, I've paid that forward as much as I can. But, like, other than, other than that, like, people just giving me shots, opportunities, and I take it as seriously as I can. Show up early, you know, do your work. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other names. I mean, I remember Curtis Flagg at Laugh Factory helped me out a lot because we were both kind of interning there. I wasn't working there, but I was doing free stuff there to get spots, and he was interning to work there. And yeah. so we ended up doing a lot of stuff together on our own time. And then he's now the manager there and one of the bookers. So it's like, oh, you know, that's cool. I remember just being cool with this guy that we did a lot of work with, you know. That's cool. But he gave me a lot of opportunities. So like, yeah, a lot of people. I don't know. I could name and names. For sure. Yeah. yeah. If, if someone wants to get in touch with you or uh, see more of your comedy, where can they go? Hmm. I mean, my Facebook's usually pretty good to go to that. I usually either uh, put up where I'm going or whatever. Um, my website's down right now. I let it expire by accident, and somebody owns it. And now I'm, I think they're holding it for ransom. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't know. And that's Jeff Arcurius. Uh, yeah, Arcur Arcurius is for the Twitter, and then otherwise, uh, just my name, A R C U R I, Jeff Arcurius. Awesome. Yeah. Any any shows coming up that you want to plug? I'll be at Zany's all of Old Town, or I'm sorry, all of uh, all of Old Town, all of June in Old Town. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet will come. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come to one. I'll tell you, look up who's there. Um, there that month, and I'll get you guys tickets. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Plug. Regina, you got a message? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you like to trip psychedelics? No, I'm just kidding. But yeah. Really, yeah. Mm, hell yeah. Cool. I do, mushroom. I do mushrooms as well. Uh, so Scott and I are probably planning this. Uh, it's like a music festival, but just for like the people in our core network. Um, oh, and we're going to sure. like yeah. have a stage. We're going to like have music. Yeah. 
and like maybe just some comedy dunes? sets and like oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Um this is at the Indiana Dunes, which is like hmm, forty five miles oh, shit. renting this like giant lake house right on Lake Michigan. Wow. And so like party out on the beach all day and then like do cool stuff with like producer friends and like yeah there's really I, like I would photographers love to do like that. and media yeah. people there so yeah. and some mushrooms <laughs> oh yeah that's the most amazing thing with the with the right people yeah i've right. learned that you can do mushrooms with people that you shouldn't do mushrooms with well our group just stay tuned and you'll start to meet all those people both digitally and in real life hell yeah man <laughs> awesome. cool sweet all right yeah. that's all yeah that's everything cool cheers bye Thank you for your time. We understand every everybody's competing for your ear space for entertainment, and we hope you found value in the topics discussed today. Uh, we look forward to hearing or to in, producing our next episode, which we will be unveiling in a few days. Thanks again for your time, and have a great day. Subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a like if you if you like enjoy it, and. Um, and uh, look for more, you know, find find other topics that entertain you. And if you think we should talk about them, send it to us. We've got an open mind. We can work things out. And if you think there's a, a person who would be serve as a great guest on our show, reach out specifically at pluggedintotheplug at gmail.com and address it to Regina Simonson because she's a motherfucking boss. <clears throat> that being said... We enjoy you guys. We look forward to seeing you out in the public, seeing music festivals, seeing you at comedy shows, and uh, we'll always be here online producing great content for you. Don't be afraid to find yourself on our content. See you later. Quick message to the Pottern family. We appreciate this community and everything that they do. Thanks for supporting the, these uh, many, many, many podcasts that are out there getting their start and also um, assisting and getting the word out about them. If you guys like this podcast, I'm sure you're going to like um, some of the other material from the other creators. Feel free to explore that if you have time. In addition, we'd also like to thank CC Mixter, um, where you can work with others for free or exchange. It, it's all up to how you negotiate, and, and really, it's just a community for creators. We want to, um, like anything, do what, if you like what you do, plug into it, contribute to it, get active in it. There are people within each sub-community that are looking to recruit and bring more people in who are ready to enjoy life a little bit more based on the benefits that these, these groups bring. Plus, it's social. You're going to meet new people. You're going to expand your horizons. You're going to be put into awkward situations, which you are capable of getting out of and getting through. Congratulations. You're a human. 